0: time for the Vintage Truth Podcast with best-selling author and Bible teacher, Jeff Kinley. Thank you and welcome to the Vintage Truth Podcast. You know, I began last uh, the last podcast by letting you know about a very special and urgent need that this ministry has uh, to be able to increase the amount of storage that we have online for these podcasts. This is now the 81st podcast, Vintage Truth podcast, and we are taking up, uh, obviously, more and more space online. We we need to purchase more space that would enable us to uh, to continue to broadcast uh, these podcasts to people, or otherwise, we're going to lose uh, podcasts online. I'd love to have these things archived for people so they can go back and listen. In fact, many people are telling me right now, hey, I'm listening to podcast number three or podcast number 10 or whatever. And unless we purchase more space, those things are going to be lost. And so uh, we need to continue to do that. Plus, I won't be able to record new podcasts for you uh, from week to week. And so we need $250 approximately uh, to be able to purchase this additional uh, storage space and uh, bandwidth online. And so if you'd like to to contribute towards that, please go to jeffkinley.com, jeffkinley.com, and click on the Donate tab. And uh, that can help uh, towards meeting that need. It is urgent. Uh, We are fastly running out of space. only have uh, just a few podcasts left before we're just done. And so need you to step in, if you can, and contribute any amount you desire. Because no matter what the amount, it obviously helps build towards that goal. So thank you for considering and, and praying about that. $250 is what we need. Okay. We're going to launch a new series today, and by faith, (laughs) that we'll be able to finish the series and continue to go on with these podcasts, obviously. But I want to talk about uh, something that's very important to me. You know, I've written uh, some 31 books now, and I love writing. I love communicating God's vintage truth to people because, to me, that's what it's all about. It's all about receiving what God has said to us so that we can be the people that He wants us to be. And along the way, as we do that, as we receive that truth and study that truth and, and talk about it, uh, we encounter various obstacles and we discover things about God and about life and, and really about ourselves as well. And as we look around the world, we see all of the injustice and the evil and the divisiveness and the wickedness and just outright demonic activity and thinking that's going on to the world today. You know, I saw uh, that uh, this pop star, uh, Ariana Grande, or whatever her name is, has come out with a music video called God is a Woman. God is a Woman. And she, in that video, exalts the worship of self and of womanhood, of being a woman. And of course, this is nothing new that goddess worship has been prevalent throughout human history, but it's catching on in a new way today. In fact, we see it really demonstrated through the whole idea of a woman's right to choose, her reproductive rights, her rights over, quote unquote, her own body, even though she doesn't kill her own body when she has an abortion, she kills another person's body. But we see this whole idea of exalting self. I, me, mine. It's all about me. I am God. I will decide what I do with me and with my body. It's nothing more than shaking an angry, rebellious fist in the face of Jesus Christ and saying, you will not rule over me. I will ascend to the mount. I will be like God. And that's exactly what we see happening. That's exactly what this young lady has done in this video. It's what we see when people celebrate sin openly. And there's so much more we can say. There's so much wickedness in the world today. And many of the things that I talked about, and as it was in the days of Noah and in Wake the Bride, cultural trends, moral trends that I I saw coming, they're coming right now. They're coming. They're here. Right now, this whole movement to destigmatize pedophilia and decriminalize pedophilia is growing. It's a growing movement, by the way. It's not just some side thing. They're now wanting to to um, re-identify themselves not as pedophiles so much, so as we're we're what we, what we call um, maps minor attracted persons in other words our sexual attraction is the exact same thing as yours it's just it, it's it's orientated towards something different than what you and your bible say so if i want to not just love another man romantically and sexually that's okay if i want to do that and if i want to love an eight-year-old boy and have a sexual attraction for him and that's also okay you know why? Because I'm God. See, that's the prevalent thinking of our day. You see, this whole idea of pedophilia and homosexuality is really self-worship. Break it down. We look into ourselves and we identify the feelings and the desires that we have. And we conclude that because we have them, the thoughts, the desires, the feelings, the attractions, the orientations that we have, we conclude that those must be right and okay. Why? Because they're natural. We don't have to work at them. So you're telling me to do something unnatural by denying what I feel inside in order to pursue God and what he says in his word. That's unnatural to me. Why would I want to do that? That's betraying who I am. And after all, I'm supposed to be true to myself. Isn't that right? Isn't that the mantra of today? Isn't that the the slogan of today? Be true to yourself. And if you're true to yourself, and you're true to yourself, and and I'm true to myself, then how can we judge each other? Because really, to be honest, the way they twist this value is, is, is like this. If you're true to yourself, you're really, you're really having integrity. You're really having honor. There's really something glorious about it. There's something to be admired about a person who's not afraid to stand up for who he is. Satan wasn't afraid to stand up for who he was. Nimrod wasn't afraid to stand up for who he was. Jezebel wasn't afraid to stand up for who she was. Judas wasn't afraid to stand up for who he was and do what he wanted to do. The false prophet and the Antichrist in Revelation, they won't be afraid to stand up for who they truly are. See how flawed that thinking is? It's nothing more than the simple lie found in Genesis 3 in the garden when the serpent said to Eve, you will be like gods, knowing good and evil. See how subtle that is? See how prevalent it is in our day? You see how accepted it is? And do you see that if you dare speak against it, how rude, offensive, racist, homophobic. See how bad you are? In fact, you're the most evil person on the planet. If you tell me I can't be my own God, which is in essence what you're saying when you declare the truth about God to society, you're telling them they can't be their own God. And that causes something within people to seethe with anger, and they want to kill you. And if they can't kill you, they will absolutely nail your hands and feet to a cross on social media, you will be fired from your job. You will be denied promotion many times. You will be blackballed and shunned and cast aside if you dare speak rationality and objectivity concerning morality and the Bible to our culture. You don't believe me? Try it. You see, here's our problem. And you know, the old quote that uh, sometimes even a blind hog finds an acorn. You ever heard that quote? You know, they stumble on an acorn. Doesn't mean they're right. Just means that every now and then they say something or do something that's that's true. <clears throat> you know why? Because all truth is God's truth. Oscar Wilde said this. He says, "We are each our own devil, and we make this world our hell." devils creating a hell on earth. That's what we are as human beings. An Ethiopian proverb goes like this. It says, evil enters like a needle and spreads like an oak tree. You see, even non-Christians can discover things that are true. You see, something's in the air right now. We're seeing not something that has never existed, but something that has not been displayed today like it has been in previous generations in this country because we have been a christianized nation but from the beginning of recorded history humankind has been plagued with what i call a weakness for wickedness it's an irresistible gravitational pull towards moral insanity and self-worship Maybe, maybe this is why every single religion in the whole world, Christian and otherwise, recognizes that there is a basic moral code. There's something that, that we naturally fight against. It's a basic moral code. And yet we still know that the moral code is there. There's a basic understanding inherently of what is right and what is wrong. And this intrinsic trend that we see towards morality, both for and against it, by the way, Is something that was affirmed in Scripture, more than two thousand years ago, when God gave the Ten Commandments, three thousand years ago. But here's the real question: Why are we bent this way? Why are we like the way we are? Why do we tend towards self-worship? Why do we do the things that we that we do and say? Why are we so afraid of God? That's really, it's, it's really Christophobia is what humanity has. We are so threatened by the concept of God, of a creator, of a moral lawgiver, of someone who's, who's greater than we are. So why do we do these wicked things? Do mankind's heinous acts stem from some inherent evil that dwells inside us? Or could it be that we're actually not responsible for our actions? I mean, we're just molecules in motion, right? If evolution is true, then we're just responding to electronic impulses brought on by this evolved DNA. Not our fault. And quite frankly, that makes sense if evolution is true. If there's no God and evolution is true, then you know what? Just do what you want. I mean, as Anton LaVey, the founder of the Church of Satan, famously said, do as thou wilt. Because self-fulfillment is the greatest pursuit that a human could ever know. Self-fulfillment. Hey, by the way, we're seeing that in a lot of Christian churches today where they're preaching self-fulfillment. It's the whole point of being here. It's the whole point of it. It's the point of there being a God that he can fulfill you and make you feel something. You ever notice how self-centered we are in our Christianity? That everything in our faith exists for us. And even the songs we sing back praise to God are primarily motivated by the things he does for and the way that he makes us feel. Not that those aren't true, but it tends to drive the narrative of our worship it's all about how I feel. It's not about who he is or just what he's done or declaring his truth. It's all about me. And really the ultimate end of my faith and my Christianity is I am served. You see how backward that is? The point of Christianity is not that we are served, is that we serve him. Boy, we flipped this thing upside down, hadn't we? Oh, let's go back to that then. So we're not really responsible if evolution is true because we're just responding to, you know, whatever brain synapses are firing at that moment, whatever urges because of our chemicals or lack thereof are doing to our bodies and our minds. So we just urge on like animals. We, we grunt and groan within for things and stuff, and people, and experiences, and pleasure. We're just responding to who we are. We're being true to ourselves, aren't we? We're following our own hearts. So could it be that we're actually responsible for our actions, no matter how cruel or wrong they may seem? And if there is no God, there is no cruel, there is no wrong, by the way. But is there an evil presence within us? Could that be true? Or does badness just suddenly leap on us like a black cat in an alley? Ever ask yourself, what influences a person to hate or to lust or to murder or to abuse? Why are we so bound up in being so self-absorbed, seemingly unable to escape? Why are we so bad? as the Bible describes it. You see, this decadent disease that we have affects every single one of us, from the great to the small, male and female, old and young, civilized and barbarian, religious and pagan, ancient and postmodern. What about us as Christians? Why, why, you ever wonder why you can't concentrate on God for more than just a few minutes at a time without your mind jumping to another subject or running to your phone to check something? What's wrong with us? Why does focusing on God seem so incredibly unnatural at the same time? And I admit this is true about me as well. We can be engrossed in movies or sports or for some of us video games for hours and hours and hours and just be enraptured with what's going on. We could even cuddle up with sinful thoughts without interruption for Long periods of time, and yet we struggle to find an unbroken 60 seconds of pure reflection or spiritual meditation. Why? Why? The truth is that you and I are both intuitively trained from within and highly skilled in the art of sin. Like Liam Neeson says in the movie Taken, he says, I've got a particular set of skills. Guess what? You and I have a particular set of skills and they all involve sin. Our default mode is self. Our nature is to be anti-creator. We are hardwired for wickedness. We are programmed for a high-octane pursuit of a lifetime of soul crimes. We hate God. And that's the biggest problem in your life. That's the biggest problem in my life. Is that by nature I hate God. And and, and by the way, this makes us not want to want Him. It makes us not want to surrender to Him because as I said earlier, it becomes a huge threat to who we are, to our very identity. I mean, we naturally, we you know, we talk about people identifying as the opposite sex or, you know, identifying as, you know, a different age than they are. I mean, just all, some of the insanity of our age that we are embracing, by the way. We're saying it's okay. It's like we're the only sane people on the planet. And everybody else has just gone crazy you got people identifying as animals now and then some people just I want to identify just as a good businessman I want to, that's gonna be my pursuit I'm, a, I'm just gonna be a great student or what you know whatever and those things that, some of those things themselves are not inherently evil but guess what outside of the context of relationship with Christ, it's just another way to say, I don't like you, God. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to worship me because I'm all that matters. Say, so Jeff, how do we understand all this? Well, to understand it, understand this big problem that we have, we have to go back. We have to press rewind. We have to do scene selection all the way back to the beginning of this story and find out what happened to our parents, to our original parents that cause us to be the way that we are. You want to understand why you do the things that you do, why you don't do the things that you want to do, why you do the things that you said you would never do, why it seems so hard to be consistent in your relationship with Jesus Christ? I'm going to tell you why. We're going to talk about this thing. It's called the zombie within you. We're going to break it down piece by piece and make it clear and get some hope. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Truth Podcast. Please subscribe and share with a friend. For more about Jeff's ministry, go to jeffkinley.com. Hey friends, please don't forget this urgent need of $250 that our ministry has in order to purchase more space online to keep these podcasts going. Go to jeffkinley.com, click on the donate tab, and we can take care of that need and keep these things going. Thanks and God bless.